Hey everybody, JB here. It's time. We got another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod. And for those of you that are regular listeners, you know that uh, music is near and dear to my heart, my every, my everyday dealings, uh, and I typically pick music that is theme based. And today's no different. Uh, I'm kicking us off here with a little. Three Dog Night, which happened to be my dad's favorite band. Um, song is called One. And you've probably already noticed that neither one of my uh, carpool co-hosts, aka dipshits, are on with me. Um, it's just me today, me and guest. And I'm really looking forward to this one because I'm going, uh, not only am I going to another time zone, we're going to be touching uh, an aspect of the game, kind of a growing uh, component of the game. Uh, through tech, through app, through tracking, all in the name of player development, advancement, and uh, I would say health, safety, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So before I bring my guest on, uh, I want to I want to just kind of cross some T's, dot some I's of the uh, the usual thank yous, um, and I want to talk about the last episode. Uh, we just dropped the other day was our ambush family arena experience uh and i just want to repeat it was a blast so for those of you that are here in the area or if you're in any masl market weather sucks this time of year kids are antsy go go to game go to an indoor game it's fun here in st louis at the family arena you got our ambush um tickets are way affordable parking is cheap beers are sub 10 for a sporting event imagine that uh so buy two um, head out, check it out. Super fast paced. Um, you know, in our, our ambush are lucky to have and, uh, uh, a growing number actually of some TST members, uh, Paolo and Will and Marcel and crew, they actually won it. They actually had a million dollar big cardboard check in their hand. Go check them out because the, the skills top notch. Um, so go back, check that episode out. It gives you a lot of the insight. Um, I want to thank Explore STL for continuing to support the show. Um, there are so many things going on downtown right now. If you're listening uh, from other markets, or really if you're even in the uh, the surrounding burbs, uh, staycation or vacation, get downtown, boutique hotels galore. Um, I'll put our food scene up against any market's food scene. And I lived in Chicago for nine years, eight everywhere. I still think St. Louis has it. You know, it can go toe-to-toe, no problem. And, you know, with the amount of travel we do into other markets, we can tell you definitively, outside of maybe Phoenix Scottsdale, breakfast in particular, St. Louis has it. Do it. Um, So come check it out. Go see theater. Go see a concert. Go bowling. Whatever it is, just go see the Arch. Most people are like, oh, I've seen it. No, you just watch National Lampoons. You haven't actually seen it. Come check it out. Um... Chris, Bill, crew, thepinnacleloans.com. Um, can't say enough for the support you guys have provided the show. If you are in the market for a house, need help, need an agent, need the whole kit and caboodle, um, that's what they do. They make it super easy. They're fast as hell. So check it out because there's not a lot of options in the St. Louis marketplace right now. And your house is getting smaller by the minute because the kids are getting bigger. So hit them up. They'll help you out. And with that... I'm going to shift straight in to our guest of the day. Uh, 
I believe he's dialing in from the Carolinas, just not if I'm correct there. My Carol- yep, I'm right. He's nodding yes. You can't see this because this is all audio. I have with me from Soccer Pulse, uh, founder, uh, creator, ex-player, D1, abroad, USL, and recent new addition to his family, father of two, two and a half and a couple of weeks, Matt Donaher. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you, JB? Good, man. I uh, appreciate you uh, being patient with me and just kind of sitting there wondering what the hell is this dude talking about. But now you're probably inquisitive. You're like, I'm interested about this breakfast deal in St. Louis, right? Have you been to St. Louis, by the way? I've never, I've never been to St. Louis. Never been. Okay. Well, we we got we 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 got to check that off your box, your list of things to do because if you're a soccer guy, uh, as opposed to you know, that poser city across our state, Kansas City. We are actually a soccer capital. So uh, you're more than welcome to come check it out. We'll take you down to Amsterdam Tavern, the best soccer bar in the country for a pint. Uh, especially now that you have two kids, you probably need a little bit of a break, right? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. They're great. <laughs> I love them so much. But, you know, it's always good to go out to a new city, new stadium, atmosphere it's really incredible what's happened in st louis like mls wise over the last you know year um it's you know it's what you want in every city so i know i'm in charlotte so you know we've got our own uh you know new mls team obviously um but you know there's nothing better than going to a game and it's sold out and everyone's there chanting and you know really into it so yeah, take me take me out to uh, to St. Louis. I'm more than happy to come down. Uh, dude, we'll give you we'll give you a little two cent tour that'll feel like a, a thousand bucks. So um, do me a favor here because we always kind of try to set the table for our listeners. Um, uh, like to give a little bit of a bio, a little bit of a lay of the land yourself, your uh, playing history. You know, maybe some of the cities that you that you played uh, collegiately. Uh, pro, etc. Um, kind of walk us through a little bit of Matt, your uh, soccer background, and and where you grew up, and where you and how you landed in the uh, Carolinas. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm from Trumbull, Connecticut. Um, I I'll always say this on the podcast that I come on. I think I'm one of the only people who have played pickup with the men's and women's national team goalkeepers. So I went to college with Matt Turner. Um, at Fairfield U. So I was a senior when he was a sophomore. Um, and I went to middle school with Alyssa Nair. Um, she was five or six years older than me. Um, she was a really good basketball player too. I remember her being in the, the thousand point club. Um, but yeah, they're all from the Northeast as well. So I grew up in Trumbull, um, went to, uh, St. Joseph high school, which is a small, uh, Catholic. I think we have 800 students, um which is right in my backyard and um when i graduated i went to uh fairfield university which was actually where both my parents graduated from so my dad did his master's there my mom uh did her undergrad there they didn't meet there but um fairfield was a a place that was really uh close to me and close to my heart and so i went there for four years um my junior year i had the opportunity to study abroad so um it was the end of our uh, our fall season, and I went and sat down with Coach Reese, who uh, he actually just retired from Fairfield. He's been there, I think, like 20-something years. Um, I think he's the winningest coach 
at Fairfield. But um, so I had sat down with him at the end of the fall, and I think he thought that I was quitting because he had this really stern look on his face when I walked into the office. And uh, I was like, hey, like, I just want to let you know, um, I'm going to be doing a study abroad in Ireland in the spring, and I'm going to be playing with uh, Salt Hill Devon, who at the time were second division uh, Irish. Uh, so they have the Premier League, and then it's it's called first division, but it's really their second division. Um, and they're now Galway United, but um, so they don't they don't really exist now. I think they have youth teams, but I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna play. Um, and yeah, when I come back, I'll play. You know, USLPDL. And his his whole facial expression like changed, and the whole conversation changed. He was like, oh, it's like, oh, that's great. Like, I'm super excited for you. Um, because like you know, and I know, in the 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 spring season for college is kind of a waste. You play four games for division one for i think right. division three it's what you play one game maybe um and so got to go abroad january is when their preseason starts so the irish calendar is a little bit different than the uk it's a little bit different than europe they play season starts in february and they really go into october so they're kind of on like the mls kind of season um i'm sure that's because they want to play through the summers because their summers there are great the, the winters yeah. there are terrible um but so i went over there went to galway um came back finished my senior year um and then i went back over to uh to germany i had a friend who was a year older than me and so when he had graduated from college he he had an agent who helped him out so i was like hey like i still kind of want to play um do you have any you know contacts anyone you can help me with um, so I went over to Darmstadt, which is just outside of Frankfurt, um, and played for SV Darm or not SV Darmstadt, FCA Darmstadt. So SV Darmstadt is the um, they made it into the Bundesliga. They're a big time German club. Um, we were fifth division, so we we did not have any of the uh, extravagance that they had. But um, at the time, they were on the verge of getting promoted into the Bundesliga. So there was a whole buzz around around the city. Um, it's hard to really describe it because in the U.S., obviously, we don't have promotion yeah. relegation, but it was really crazy to see the excitement behind this this team. And so our yeah. our manager was a player manager. His name was Elton DaCosta, um, and he had actually played for SV Darmstadt. He had actually scored the goal that got them promoted into the second Bundesliga, um, but he was like 40-something years old. So he was playing with us, and obviously, he was a very, very good player, but he didn't have quite the capacity to compete at that level anymore. So, so let me ask you, um, let me ask you about, about that experience a little bit, because <clears throat> you're kind of laying a lot out there, yeah. all good, I asked you to, but immediately <laughs> what comes to mind is this uh, Wrexham mania, you know, and the popularity of soccer via TV, you know, starting, you know, a little bit, you know, it's kind of parallel, the whole Ted Lasso experience, but Wrexham following that team in particular and what Ryan and Rob have done and relegate promotion relegation being you know what it is most Americans don't understand that whole concept I am really curious when you went over there at the age that you were and you're down there in this you know it, obviously it's not a pub league it's elevated um what how how crazy was it how how much did the community and you know and those that were supporters of of that particular squad what did it really mean to them to go through that promotion process through your eyes so it was a it's challenging because like obviously we so we were fifth division obviously playing in the same uh city but every every week end every saturday or sunday if they played mm -hmm. like you would go out into the, the city center and 
Um, first of all, public transportation in Europe is amazing. You you can get around. You don't need a car. You can literally just walk and get on a tram. Um, but like the city center, it was just like buzzing. It would be scarfs. It would be chanting. It would be um, people would be out there early in the morning drinking, having a good time. Um, and that would just carry through the entire weekend. And then if the team won and got a result, that would carry through the whole week. If they lost, it was like everyone was upset again, and you know the the temperature of the of the city dropped a little bit. So well, um, and they're was, and they're Germans too. So there's always the fear of world yeah. war when they do lose. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was it was pretty special to that that was happening at the same time that we were playing. Obviously, so we finished I think mid table. So yeah. we didn't get promoted. We didn't get relegated. Um, but we had a whole lot of American players that came over. Uh, we actually had a um, – it was called the Player House, but spelled H-A-U-S. And so we were right on the training ground. And there was like – I think the capacity of the house was probably about for eight people. And they definitely stuffed like 12, 13 of us sure. like in there. And it was all American college guys. Like there was a kid from Syracuse. Um, there was a kid from University of South Florida. Um, there was a kid from uh, Carolinas. Like it was a whole random group of, of us Americans trying to, you know, see if we could cut it in Europe. And I would say 95% of us didn't. But that experience of being over there, I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was like um, – it was something I'll probably tell my kids about, not just with SV Darmstadt getting promoted that season, but like just the uh, just being there and competing and, you know, uh, yeah. having the opportunity to do well for the club and caring about the badge and the people that put you up in this um, this player house. And um, yeah, it was it was special. Well, let me let me let me also I you mentioned Matt Turner in Fairfield and his name's been in you know the headlines here for a while lately, <clears throat> kind of. Uh, you know he's struggling. Call it what it is. It, it you know all mm -hmm. players go through those cycles, but he f is extremely famous for his early early struggles. Uh, you know all the YouTube clips of the disastrous f you know fumbles and flubs etc. And yet he persevered and ended up being our number one guy here over the last mm -hmm. year two years roughly. Uh, in your experience back then, can you speak to? Did you see that? Did you and your teammates, you, the staff, um, did, was there glimmers of that potential during your time there uh, with Matt and Goal? Yeah, so Matt was – he, he, he came in without a scholarship. I don't know if he was unrecruited. I know he, he, he wasn't a scholarship uh, player. Um, I remember the first captain's practice – um, we had an all-conference goalkeeper. His name was Mike O'Keefe, and he had just come back from um, – he, he played for New Zealand in the Olympics. So he was over in – he was playing in Old Trafford. He's playing against Hulk, Neymar, um, those guys. And I, I remember being kind of starstruck when he came back because obviously he had done all this. And he's in goal, and Matt's in the other goal, and we don't know anything about Matt. We just know he's Matt from New Jersey. And Matt <laughs> was saving things that he had no business getting near. Like, he had just – raw like he, he's got size like 12 or 13 feet um you could land an airplane on them and he would make kick saves he would make little tips around the bar and he was really really raw like you could tell he needed a really good goalkeeping coach and i can't uh, say this enough he got not, maybe not lucky but the the goalkeeping coach at fairfield his name's javi uh, decima he's the associate head coach now um or, or was with reese and Javi is a uh, uh, Hispanic goalkeeping coach. He's very, very technical. He was the perfect person for Matt to have as a as a goalkeeping coach. He 
he had Matt side volleying by the time that he was his junior year and like hitting it on a dime to someone. And this was a kid who like, he was, when he came in, he was a raw shot stopper, but he was very poor with his feet because his feet were so big and he just didn't know how to kind of use them. Um, so yeah, you could see it in the first captain's practice that Matt was, was something else. Now he had to obviously go through quite a bit to come out the other end. Even before that happened, we thought that he should, should have been starting as a sophomore, and in fact, the the coaching staff didn't didn't maybe fully believe it, and they went out and they recruited a goalkeeper from England on a full scholarship. And you and I both know, um, when you, in in college, you really have to, as a coaching staff, you have to justify the money you're paying. Yeah. So if if you've gone out and you've you've paid a full scholarship for a player who's going to come in and he doesn't start right away, everyone's going to ask, well, why the heck did you spend all this money on this kid? Yeah. And so. Um, and, and fair play to Joe Martin. Joe uh, Joe is a good friend of mine. Um, not as as close with with Matt as as I am, but um, Joe, you know, came in, won the starting job, and you know whether fairly or unfairly, based on you know his 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 pedigree, where he was coming from. He's coming from the Nike Academy in England, um, and a lot of us I think felt like we didn't say it, but we felt Matt probably deserved to start. You know, and he didn't really get a fair shake at it in in that season. But Matt was he's patient. I remember actually after a couple of the, the games where obviously he didn't play, and I actually maybe didn't play as much as I thought I should. And we were just sitting out on the field having a beer, just like well, thinking like, hey, like how's the season gonna go? Yeah, let me let me kind of let, let's stay in this collegiate world because the, these the 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 uh, the subject matter that you're touching on from limited. I mean, well, let me back up a little bit here. 9.9 scholarships is the limit. This guy gets a full ride. Uh, and in the current market, there's a lot of issues that people want to debate. Number one, the number of scholarships. Number two, foreign players. Mm-hmm. You know, how many are coming into these programs, you know, and the percentages are going up and up and up and up. And that's, you know, that's a whole other subject. And then mm-hmm. you have a lot of players that are questioning their own value, their worth, and they're entering the transfer portal. That's blowing up too. Just ten thousand foot view. What's your thoughts on kind of all of those things combined and the effect that it's having on Division One soccer as far as the level, the quality, um, you know, maybe a little bit of the angst within the game between domestic players, you know, high school kids coming out versus twenty five year old freshmen coming in from Germany or whatever. What's your thoughts mm-hmm. on, on on those things? as they weave in and out of one another. So obviously there wasn't a transfer portal when I was playing and obviously when you were playing, Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would have entered it. Um, I was the type of person where like, if someone told me no, I was just like, screw you. I'm just going to prove you wrong. So um, like my freshman year, I only played, I think I played in two games um, and I didn't even red shirt. So I kind of lost that year. Um, And I'm competing against players coming from England and some of the good friends of mine, uh, uh john clemens from from uh he was from he played for boreham wood who were actually a pretty good english side and mm-hmm. he he came in and he was as a freshman he was like 20 years old and i'm like 18 i'm like how am i supposed to get and listen like we're, we're good friends and i'm you know we, we compete on the on the training ground but um, i'm like how am i supposed to realistically compete against you know this player but at the same time you have to raise your game and i personally i don't see a problem with recruiting a foreign players i think once you get beyond 23 24 age i think there should be a cap on it i don't mind someone going out and recruiting a 20 year old freshman or a 20 like it is what it is you know you deal with it um 
but I, I think, you know, once you go beyond that and you see guys, like, it's like, you should be probably playing somewhere else than in, in the U S yeah. um, but that's, that's how it is. It's like, you're judged on your wins and losses and you know, the coaches, you know, fair enough. If you don't go out and get results and you know, you lose your job and who's going to help you more an 18 year old kid. Who's, you know, I played in the development Academy, but that's not going to, that's not the same level as playing Borum Wood, you know, professional, you know, or even if he's on an amateur contract. So I don't have a problem with coaches going out and doing that. I think the the, the challenge that we had at Fairfield was that half the locker room was international. And so you almost had this divide between the haves and the have nots. And we yeah. all got on really well, but inside the locker room, you had this dynamic where it was like the, the players who were on full scholarships, they could have the worst game imaginable and it would take a lot for them to lose their starting place like they would have to do it over and over and over again not all of them but 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 some of them and then for us we were like we're the american kids some of us were on a little bit of money but we were like you know if we have a bad game or we have a bad training session like we're not getting a sniff of the field and whether that's fair or unfair i thought it made me a better player because i was like okay regardless of what it is i have to hold myself to a higher standard I'm just going to have to do better. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to transfer. I like where I am. I like my teammates. I like the, I like the coaching staff, um, you know, but that's, that's the dynamic that that kind of created. And it was kind of, you know, it was the same with Matt Turner. So Matt's, you know, we all, half of us are kind of like silently, maybe no one's saying it out loud, but silently pulling for him to yeah. hope that he gets a shot. And then you've got the other half where, you know, they're from New Zealand, they're from England, they're from Germany, you know, and they kind of form their own clique too, because they, you know, culturally they're a little bit closer together than we were. Um, and I think that is a challenge for coaches. If you're going to go that route and you're going to say, you know, almost all my money goes overseas, the other half, I'll spend it here and there. You will create that kind of, you know, dynamic and it's like how can you get everyone pulling in the same direction well I mean, um and that that is not easy yeah and the other thing is i mean it's no nobody keeps secrets either especially a bunch of uh uh adolescent young men um you guys all know who's getting what you know as far as scholarship money goes etc mm -hmm. so that creates a riff i mean I, I i i remember those days well um let, let me let me get your take on another recent headline, that being MLS's uh, decision to opt out of the first teams playing in Open Cup. And I see the grimace and the grin, and <laughs> and 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 I'm asking uh, because uh, you know you you just talked about your experience overseas and understanding pro rel and what what that process means, and then within that system. You know, Germany has their National Cup. You've got in England the FA Cup, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. U.S. Open Cup is the oldest sanctioned organized tournament in America. And the league decided, eh, you know what, we're going to give you our two teams. Um, my question to you is simply, what's your thoughts on that? Being a lover of the game, being engaged in the game, you're you're employed by the game. You played the game. You saw it in the pro rel world. Good or bad move on MLS's part, eliminating participation first team in Open Cup. So I'm gonna just say I'm disappointed as a fan, and the biggest reason is like so. I know we haven't talked about my app yet, but uh, like Birmingham Legion, they use Soccer Pulse. It was so fun for me to follow them and watch them almost knock out inter Miami with right. Messi. Like I was like, this is, this is so cool. Um, and the open cup is going to suffer like a hundred percent. It's, it's not going to be the same people live for, uh, you know, giant slaying stories. They want to see, 
big names go down. Like when when we were in Germany, um, at the end of the season, we uh played a friendly against Eintracht Frankfurt. So we played again, and it was actually their uh most of their first team. We thought they were gonna play the reserves. It was most of their first team, and we found out the week before that they um they had beaten a team that was a sixth division team. They had beaten them like 18 nothing or like 90 it was something really embarrassing it was like yeah. american football you, you, you guys are like and, oh, just 15 0 we'll take 15 <laughs> 0 yeah yeah we're like well, if we can keep it below double digits well we're 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 flying we're we're delighted um but the reason they wanted to play us is because because sv was going up to bundesliga next year and they wanted to drum up support in the city for on track frankfurt and maybe take some of the, the fans that were like, oh, we we support FCA Darmstadt. It's like, okay, we'll come support Eintracht Frankfurt too because they knew that right. you know it was going to be this clash inside the city. I think we ended up losing 4-1, and it was 3-0 at half. So we were like – we were buzzing. The, the second half was 1-1. We scored. Um, and the yeah. way our manager did it is – yeah. Go, well, yeah. I was gonna say you guys are all like throwing in the towel at halftime. Like we're done. We'll take three O. It's like a boxing <laughs> yeah, match. No, no, no. Yeah, Ring we'll the bell. <laughs> well, well. So what? Um, what our manager did, what Elton did, was, um, and I think this is really smart. He said way before the game, he was like, "We're gonna. It's only like this is an opportunity of a lifetime for some of you guys." He said, "We're gonna split the time evenly, 50-50. So half of you are gonna play, and some of you are gonna have to play the entire game, but." mostly half are going to play the first half half are going to play the second half um i'm proud to say i was part of the group that played the second half because obviously it finished one one and <laughs> i got to play against yeah, lucas piazon and timmy chandler and um but you know, he he knew that that was an opportunity for us to kind of play against obviously some big stars and maybe someone gets picked up from a scout watching the game um you know and i think that is what people love to see about this sport they love to see small teams play big teams like they love to see like can the big teams handle it even on like a crap field in a yeah. tiny stadium like can you handle it and i think that it's really sad that we're not going to have that i hope i hope mls reconsiders and puts their first teams back in because i don't think it's going to be the same do, do you see it as a potential okay look if the one door closes another door opens uh, usl is obviously gaining a lot of momentum um they are picking up more and more soccer specific stadiums in metropolitan areas major metropolitan areas mm -hmm. um you know they've got the new contract with cbs they're gonna have more games is this an opportunity for usl to jump on that kind of narrative or do you th do you think that the perceived gap is too too great i maybe biasly uh i watched the usl uh championship final um, I watched the USL League One final. I actually didn't watch the MLS Cup final, and it was just because I didn't really have anything invested in the game. It wasn't because like I was being a snob. I just I didn't I didn't have any tie to either team. Like if Charlotte FC was playing in it, I probably would have watched it. But like with the League One, you had uh, Charlotte Independence against NCFC, so it was like a crosstown rivalry game. Um, I now work for Christian Fuchs, who obviously played for. Um, he played for uh, Charlotte Independence, and um, I know he went out to the game with his son. They actually, he was like, "Hey, can I take my?" We had a game that day because I coached his ten-year-old son, and he was like, "Can we leave early to go to the game?" I was like, "Yeah, I don't care. You're Christian Fuchs. You can do what you want." Um, but, <laughs> it's your, it's uh, your name on the check. You do whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you run the club. I mean, but he, he's great. He's so fun to work with. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I watched that. I watched the the USL Championship because Charleston Battery used Soccer Pulse this year, so I was like, I was invested in that and I cared about it. And I'm sure if if 
you know, USL goes the way where they, you know, have promotion and relegation amongst their leagues. I don't know how many teams they need to to make that happen. Um, but I for sure would tune in to watch. The, and it's not because I'm being a snob. Like I just care. Like I, I, I it's exciting. I want to watch it. Well, I, I find um, it. I and, find it really interesting to me. Like you know, because there's so many people saying that Garber and the inner circle are trying too hard to make MLS more Americanized from a professional, quote, professional sports standpoint. And, and I look at it from like a television standpoint because American sports are, are they, they live and die on TV, on the, on the big screen, right? And you, you look at things such as NCAA tournament, you look at even college football, you look at uh, NHL playoffs, et cetera. I don't care what the sport is. Americans love the underdog. We want that 16 seed to knock off a one seed. We want the brackets to be busted. And the U.S. Open Cup provided that exact formula without without trying to invent it. You know, I I, I don't get it. I'm I'm very disappointed uh, in the league, and I hope they find a way to circle back in. Um, but. Anyway, that's that's a soapbox. <laughs> I, I I want I wanted to. You, you mentioned Christian Fuchs, um, uh, former EPL player, uh, Premier League. I uh, won. He won actually the title with Leicester, if I recall. Uh, in mm-hmm. his, what was that? 16, 17, something like 2016, that. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, that, another part of your resume because I want to get to the app here in just a second, but I, I want to walk through your current. Soccer, uh, Fox Soccer Academy. Uh, he is, is he the founder? He, he, if I, if I read it right, he, he created the club. Yeah. So, um, it's Fox Soccer Academy and there's a, a double kind of, uh, I didn't know this about the name. So Fuchs in German means Fuchs. So that's where he got the, the Fox part of it. And then obviously he played for the Western city Foxes. So he's kind of combined both of those and uh so it's it's a franchise model they have uh they have locations in manchester london uh austria um new york and most recently in 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 the carolinas now um so i don't know if all of those locations have full academy slates i think some of them are just like a a pro team like i know i think the manchester branch is just a, a pro team that competes um but yeah he uh because he played um you know, he, I think that for those that don't know, the full story was um, Charlotte FC had signed him and uh, then COVID hit and Charlotte FC pushed their start date from 2020 to 2021. Right. But he had already moved here. So he decided to play on loan with the Charlotte Independence where they, they loaned him there and he played a year there. Then the next year he played in MLS with with Charlotte FC. Um, and while he was down here, obviously he's got his family down here. Um, I know his son Ethan plays in Charlotte FC's academy and, and the under 15s as a goalkeeper. And then Anthony um, is a uh, he's a true U9, but he plays up U10 and U11 um as a goalkeeper as well but he's also like christian wants to play on the field so i coach three teams this uh fall well really just two because the uh we play high school in the in the spring for the boys um so one of my teams was you know anthony's anthony played on that team and uh you know christian wants him in the field he wants him getting he's like listen even if he 
becomes a really, really good goalkeeper. He needs to be comfortable yeah. on the ball. And especially at this age, we're not going to just have him playing goal the whole time. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a great competitor. He can make some unbelievable saves for a kid his age. Um, and obviously, he's got his dad shooting on him in, in his backyard. So that does kind of help. So so you you are an academy coach at, at uh, Fox Soccer? Yeah, so I'm an academy coach, and then I'm also the performance director. So um, it. it ties in nicely, obviously, with my app. Um, so I worked for the Charlotte Independence for for four years. I actually, uh, quick backstory, moved to Charlotte with my wife. Um, she wasn't my wife at the time. In uh, 2016, she went to Elon University. She would played soccer there um, and was certified to teach in North Carolina. We actually met in Connecticut uh, my senior year at Fairfield um, because her family's from Fairfield. So um, we moved down to, to North Carolina and I was like, listen, I'll, I'll find something to do, you know, while I'm there. So she was teaching and I was actually coding my app in the apartment. She's like, Hey, like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I just built out, you know, all these different views of my app. And, uh, that was kind of the start of how soccer pulse got launched. And I think the independence first team was one of the first pro teams that used it. Um, I kind of like kind of we weaseled my way in there. I said, Hey, I've got a cool app. Um, and I just, was lucky that the uh, performance coach there, his name is Dan Barlow. Um, he was the uh, men's national team uh, strength and conditioning coach at the time. So he worked with uh, Dave Sarachan um, and he, he saw my app. He was like, yeah, this is really cool. Like we'd love to have you come in as like a sports scientist role. Um, and that's kind of how I got in with the independence. And uh, Dan then took my app to the Birmingham Legion where he is now. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the backstory on, on that. And things got a little bit derailed. They, they hired Jim McGinnis. I don't know if you know this whole story, no. Um, with the, with the independence. So <laughs> I don't know how much time we have and how much of a tangent you want to go on. So they hired, uh, Jim McGinnis, who was really a Gaelic football coach. Um, he had coached soccer a little bit, I believe in either Japan or, uh, it was some, it was only for a year. Uh, but they hired him and Jim kind of came in and blew up the plans that were already in place. Cause obviously if someone comes in, they want to hire their own staff. And I was like, okay, right. you know, fair enough. I was like, you, you just need to tell me if I need to renew the lease of my apartment or not. So I, I had a <laughs> right. maybe 10, 10 minute phone call conversation with him. And it was pretty clear that he, he didn't really one know who I was or two really have any interest. I was like, listen, there's, I, I don't, I, I understand this is a professional environment. I, I have no problem with you bringing in, you know, your own staff you know, fair, fair play. But, um, he, I think only lasted about seven or eight weeks because I think coaching soccer and watching it and thinking you have an understanding of it is a whole different ball game. So I think he, yeah. he went back and he, he does, you know, Gaelic football now. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of my route into the, the youth side. So at that point I was like, Oh, you know, I worked with the pros for a year, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get back onto the, the, the youth side of the game. Um, which I think was ultimately, um, where I want to be. It's great to work with professional players. It's, it's fun, but at the end of the day, uh, who you impact, I think is, is the most important part of any job. And yeah. I, I always have felt that I have a bigger impact coaching kids and players and helping them achieve their dreams than someone who's already done it. You so, know, it's, it's just not the same thing. So let's go, let, let's go ahead and move into soccer pulse. Um, I've I've looked I've looked at the your site kind of went through it, you know all of these um, uh, trackable metrics, uh, performance and uh, tr tr grading training from the players up through the staff. Um, can you can you give us a quick one on one you know an overall uh, summary of what Soccer Pulse is 
and then let's talk about the why. You know, how did it come about? Yeah, absolutely. So the I'd say the most concise description is that it's a player development platform. Um, and by development, I just mean like a holistic approach. So the main um, the main feature that started and probably everyone uses it for, and there's there's enough features that someone will be like, I'll use this, I'll use that, but I won't use this type of thing. But the main thing that everyone uses it for is the player wellness um, reporting. So every day, player can put in how they're how they slept, soreness, energy, stress, sleep, their mood, which we recently changed to emojis because we want to, you know, obviously trying to identify with the the, the kids. Well, yeah, you know, because you, you kids can't it. spell, but they can click on a sad <laughs> face. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so that was the first main part of it because what we what I wanted was before training, I wanted to know who I could push hard in training, who maybe I needed to back off a little bit with. Um, ultimately the goal being keeping your, your team healthy and delivering a high quality training environment, doing it in a way that was affordable. Everyone has a smartphone. You don't need hardware, um, to, to use it. Um, and you know, raising the level of, of the environment you're in, making it a little bit more professional, um, and not causing you to, to break the bank to do it. So there's the wellness reporting, um, after training is over, there's two, uh, questions that the app asks, which is how intense was training for you in terms of your breathing? And that goes into training load. But one of the features that I got from coaches, um, and this is the cool thing about soccer pulse is it's really the collection of ideas of other coaches put together in an app, just because I taught myself how to code. And I was like, I can add that to it instead of, you know, paying a developer $10,000 to do it, we can actually get that in there next week. And, you know, we'll see people like it. So um, players can rate themselves and how they thought they played in training. Coaches can also give them feedback and leave comments. Um, and I thought that was an important thing to add because it's, uh, it's a way for players to get instant, you know, Hey, did I do okay tonight? Or was I, was I off? And there's nothing worse than thinking you had a really good session and finding yourself left out of the team. And at least if you have those data points, if you have feedback consistently from your coach, you can either start conversations or you can be like, hey, like I just need to do a little bit better or this is what the coach is actually looking for. Um, so those are the, the main things. We've added some other things along the along the way. So we've got like a messenger. Um, we've added some testing. So you can, you can see if you've improved your yo-yo test score. Um, you know, uh, attendance is obviously important. We've added, you know, being able to say if you're going to be there or not be there. Um, all things that, you know, belong in an app for coaches um, that right now, or I mean, at least in the market, I didn't really see anything that was going to tick that box. I was like, hey, why can't I do so, it? So, so, so let me ask, let me ask you this then, you know, because there's it, it, it I mean, I know enough about app development to know that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Yeah. And there's a lot of if then that um, scenarios. And when it comes to, um, uh, you know, kind of taking data from training, from a game, from an average day, from teenagers for the most part, um, that's a lot of data. How did you approach programming it and, and, and who, you know, uh, what, was the, what was the mission? Because there had to be, you, you can get a lot of data from a lot of different places, but until it funnels into a formula where there is a result, it's just that. It's just data. So how did you get to mm -hmm. a results-driven app, and what were you looking to either find out or provide to 
coaches, staff, parents, et cetera? Yeah, I think the biggest metric is availability um, of players. So sometimes people hear availability and they think the team snap availability, like, oh, I was, I'm a, I can go to training or I'm not because I'm going to the right. movies type of thing. But availability meaning like you don't have an injury, you're not so sore that you can't move, um, you know. And, and it's really funny to me that Christian's actually the the person I work for now, Christian Fuchs, because if you look at that Leicester City run through the Premier League. They were available. Their best 11 was available for almost every game. I don't think they had any really serious injuries that that put them, you know, out of for maybe more than a week, two weeks. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, is it the cryo chambers they're in? Is it the, you know, the beet juice that they were drinking? You know, there's no, all no, 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 because, because they had Jamie Vardy on that team. I mean, they were in the pub smoking reds. I mean, those guys were banging. <laughs> It's crazy. Well, it's it's funny because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal for any coach is to put your best eleven players on the field and to do it consistently. If you my I support Man United. I'll show you my my Manchester United phone case. Oh, um, see my they have had kid. so many. <laughs> they I couldn't even I couldn't tell that it's Chelsea. I can only see the top of it. Yeah, well, no, um, that's because we're in the middle of the table. That's why it's below the screen line right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I mean, you look at United. They've just they've had so many injuries. They can't establish any rhythm of play, any consistency in their elevens because every other day someone is out with an injury. So ultimately, the goal of Soccer Pulse was let's take all this information and give coaches one uh, information that they can use to help make decisions. Because if you have so much data and you can't make any insight with it, then it's not helpful. You're just, you're just going to be paralyzed by it. Right. Um, so let's give them relevant information. Let's make it affordable. Let's make it easy for players to submit. And at the end of the day, let's try and increase the availability of players. And just so if my wife is listening to this podcast, I do have two young children. I am taking a step back from doing all the coding. So I've actually partnered with some some <laughs> much better developers than me um, because we've got this we've got this app that's got all these features. It's like, OK, um, but there's an Android version that's got a different code base than the iOS version, which has yeah, got a different yeah. code base than the web version. So not to go into too much, but we've got a, a new version coming that is going to be universal across all those platforms. It's going to make my life easier because if I add a new feature, my developer is going to put it into all three. I don't have to code it three separate times. Um, but hopefully that gives an experience to coaches and players where it's it's fun to use and it helps them drive that performance improvement, that availability improvement in their players, again, without costing them thousands of dollars on, on heart rate monitors if they don't need it. So, so my question to you, next question, is in regards to uh, in today's environment, there's a, a, there's a hyper-focus, I would say, or maybe even just an elevated awareness uh, pertaining to mental health of players, um, you, you know, just the growth mindset versus fixed mindset, all these uh, new, new, new terms to teams and kids. Um, does Soccer Pulse or is Soccer Pulse uh, folding in not only, hey, you know, do your quads feel good, but does your soul feel good? Or, you know, are you sad, mad, happy? Are you integrating that in with kind of the physical attributes 
um, at the same time, or is there uh, an expectation to integrate that at a later, later date? Where are you guys on the mental side? So that's that was the uh, we, we used to have a mood slider that was just like happy middle or a frowny face. And we thought, you know, hey, let's let's give the, the kids and obviously the players because we have pro players that do use this a chance to maybe start a conversation with the coach. So the, the two things I look at the first time I open the app is I look at the overall readiness score, which is that soreness, energy, stress, sleep combined together. Um, but the second thing I look at is the, is the mood. And I'm like, is there a kid who's upset? Is there a kid who is nervous? Is, is there a player who didn't sleep well, their stress level is high. Um, cause then I can have conversations with them. And that's the other thing. It's almost like pulling back the curtain before training starts. Um, so that I can have conversations with players. Um, I can, um, you know, either put my arm around them or be like, Hey, like, you know, what's going on? Like, talk to me. Cause like you said, it is a, a very, very important part of the game. And I don't think, until the last five, six years, it's really gotten maybe the attention it deserves. Um, so obviously we have that. We do also um, have a partnership with uh, Stu Singer, who runs the Do So app. So Stu is the uh, the head psychologist for the uh, Washington Mystics, and he's got an app called Do So, and I'm going to you know promote you know his app. So my app is more of a team app. Like it's like if if your coach wants to sign up. Your coach would sign you up and then you would you would uh you know use the app and they would see that data with Stu's app it's more of a uh mental training app so there's audio for you to listen to um track a streak you know it's you, you kind of pick like okay what kind of workout do i want to do and then that you know mental training kind of guides you through um you know what steps you need to do um i think i saw an interview with uh it was uh who was the tennis player um uh, oh my god, I can't I can't remember his name, um, but he was talking about the mental side of the game. Yeah, and I think it was Djivic maybe, and uh, they were like, "Oh, it's a gift that you have," and he's like, "No, no, no, it's just trained. I I train it. I work on it." Um, so it's called the Do So app. Stu Singer is a, is a good friend. Um, and we're gonna try and integrate that into the app. But right now, we just kind of promote it and say, "Hey, there's a there's another app that you can use if you'd like to, you know, really work on that mental training." So, so I was on the Soccer Pulse site again, as I mentioned earlier, checking it all out, uh, looking at the testimonials and the clubs that you're participating or working with. Uh, kind of runs the gamut. You've got some USL representation in there, and then obviously, uh, I noticed, uh, like for example, uh, Midwest United, I think was on there. Uh, MLS clubs, mm -hmm. Orlando was in the mix. Um, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about um, uh, maybe target market, and I'm, it, all teams have these issues. But where does Soccer Pulse really make sense in your in your opinion, uh, from a club standpoint? Uh, or an age group, you know, do you see diminished usage if you've got, you know, because there is an age in which kids just are not going to do it. Where does it mm -hmm. start to really uh, click in as far as like usage and good data and what level of soccer if if there is a differentiation? So do you want me to put my salesman hat on and say it's all, all A's, all levels? No, nah, I mean, it, because it's, we're, we're realists. Um, Look, we, we, we are realists <laughs> here. We know that it's not for everybody, but if you were to say, here's the sweet spot, like if anybody listen, because we do have, we have a lot of club directors and parents and coaches and trainers that listen to this, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out if they're listening and they're curious, where does it really work? Well, if you train three times a week or more, and you have a environment that you want to be professional, then the app is for you. So I would say, so realistically, I would say U13, 
is probably the earliest i would use at least the the wellness and training load part you kind of want the players to have gone through their growth spurt because otherwise like kids are so elastic before then they'll they'll tear their hamstring and they'll be back in like a week whereas you or i tear our hamstring and we're out for <laughs> we're not moving yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're done I'll for, see you for next good. Spring. <laughs> yeah so um that i would say is the target market but i would also say it's for the the coach and the, and the club and the program that cares about their players and that's not to say that you know if you don't use this you don't care but i think i like you've been in this game long enough i've been in the game long enough that there are certain people that we won't say their names but they, all they really care about is the bottom line and you know they'll they they funnel all these kids in and they push them all out and you know you've got other programs where they do care about the individual and promoting the individual and helping the individual player to do their best and i think this is just a small piece of that you know you don't have to use soccer balls you could use anything but i think you know, having a way to connect with your players and show them that you care and that you're going to tailor training accordingly. Like we've got, uh, uh, I have I do you or have a U14 team at Fox and we've got kids that are playing middle school soccer. And ideally as a performance coach, I'd be like, I really don't want you coming from a game and, and you know, in middle school and coming to play at my training session. That's going to be at a high level. Cause you're going to be tired. Um, but at least with my app, one the kids are going to be kids so you know yeah at the end of the day you know i'm not going to stop you from playing middle school soccer but tell me that you've done it so i can adjust my session for you a little bit maybe i make you a neutral player maybe i make you a, a target player maybe uh you rotate on and off with another player who also had middle school soccer that day and uh i think the last thing coaches should ever do is take a player out of the session but there are strategies that you can employ to make sure that they one don't overtrain, but two still feel engaged and are able to play at 100 percent on match day that that ultimate availability um of all your players and you know i think that just comes from having an open dialogue with the players and then the parents too so you explain to the parents you know because this is a big gap i think not just in in the us probably in europe too i think on the performance side there's there's maybe not as much education of of the parents too and the, and the players say hey this is why we're doing this it's to have you know all of us available why why are you not putting all 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 the johnnies on the line and having them run suicides at the end of training well because we want our training in context to be so intense that we don't have to do that um and and then they're like oh okay that makes sense i had a parent um at my last club where we, we would do our performance nights and they'd be 90 minute sessions and the goal was like we'd play condition games so we'd have like 10 minute games we wanted the players to play as hard as they could for those 10 minutes and they rest and they go again and i get to the field and there's a girl running laps around the field she's just come back from an ankle injury she's been out for like 10 weeks and i pull her in and i'm not her i'm not gonna say her real name but i was like jess why are you running laps she's like well my dad told me to he says i'm unfit and the dad is standing on the on the fence so i was like just just hang. and she's got she's got tears in her eyes and i I like just just hang out here for two seconds so i walk over and i say hey like why are you making your daughter run laps around the field he's like well she's not fit so she needs to run i was like okay well one like when we play soccer we don't ever run at one speed for more than a couple of seconds so her running laps around the field is really kind of defeating the purpose but two we're about to have a very intense session here and I want to make sure that your daughter is able to go at 100% in that session. And I want her to get fit that way. And he got really upset with me. He actually stormed off and left. And I said, Jess, listen, like tonight, I just want, I want you to go 100%. And if at the end of the session, you don't feel tired, then you can run your laps around the field. 
or do whatever you want. Right. But I want to see, can you do it in the context? And she was absolutely brilliant. She was the best player on the field. She scored like two or three screamers. And I was like, that is exactly what your training should look like. It's not running laps around the field. But, and, you know, listen, maybe the parent is going to get mad at me at the end of the day. I never heard from my director, so I think he was okay with it. So, but so, it was it was an educational moment for him, too. So so maybe app su suggestion, if you're open to suggestions, you should have, like, the parent meter on there as well, where the kid can say, you know, hey, kid, how was your ride home? Was parent tolerable, insufferable, <laughs> you know, and have mm -hmm. them rate because now you got an opportunity for literally a parent report card because we talk about this all the time on, on the show, you know, and being in the environment that we're in, I see what, what, where I see, um, or I should say this, when we come across a team that just seems to have everything clicking on the field, on the bench, walking to, from vibe, performance, et cetera, the correlating factor is typically the parents, if they're there, you don't hear them. You may, you might not mm -hmm. even see them. So I, I guess here's where I'm going with this. You, you're, you've lived it. You played it. You played D1. You, you went overseas. You saw how that environment worked. Now you're working with uh, pro teams, semi-pro teams, all the way down in your coaching at a U9, 10, 11 level. Speak to the role of parents today, given the game's grown in popularity so much and, and every parent, like the dad you just described, probably was a really good bowler. Um, so how do you keep, how would you suggest to the listener, you know, two things. The one, maybe some advice or suggestions to the coaches as to maybe things that the app could do to help them kind of monitor parents and then B, from your experience, what do you say to a parent whenever you know, the kids are working really hard. How engaged should they be and what should they be paying attention to? So I'll always remember in uh, in Germany, so I told you that the player house was on the training ground. So on Saturday mornings, I would get to watch the, the young, the U9, U10, U11 kids play. And they would, you know, it was a whole, I don't know which teams they were playing against. I would just kind of walk out there and, and, and watch. And it was kind of like being at a PGA tour where like the kids would do something nice and everyone would just go yeah golf claps and they would just they would just they would just clap they would just clap they weren't screaming they weren't shouting um i wouldn't even be able to tell you which team won half the time like it was it was like a different world i was like where am i like can i like bottle this and take this back to the states and i think the biggest thing is those parents i mean i'm not trying to put down the education of parents but like there is there are games at a high level everywhere you go in Europe. You could w go 20 minutes down the street and find a good, decent level to watch. So the overall understanding and education of parents is much higher. So I think from their perspective, they're like, you know, I don't I don't care what the score is. It's U10. Like if my kid's playing and he's enjoying it and he's getting better, that's all that matters. I'm not going to I'm not going to berate the coach. I'm not going to scream at the referee. But I think here it takes on a different understanding maybe with the parents because um, maybe the education level isn't as high, but I feel like they want to be able to tell their friends the achievements and the account. And it's just a rat race to say my U10 team scored a hundred goals and they won the league. Well, who cares? Yeah. Like, no one cares. Okay. You could, you could tell your neighbors that, but ultimately, okay. You had a fast kid up front who scored a whole bunch of goals. If he's not scoring them 
you know, through a buildup play or if it's just because he is physically more developed than everyone, eventually they're going to catch up and you're not going to be winning your games, right. you know, with 100 goals scored, right? So I think um, from an app perspective, I don't have any plans to do a, a parent meter, though it's not a bad idea. I won't, I won't, I'll never say never um in terms of adding well, something i'll be I've i'll be following crazy, man. I might be, if i see a parent meter you know you're gonna get a phone call from uh 314 <laughs> <laughs> we did add a a coach wanted a, a like or dislike uh button after training to say like anonymously if players like training and at first i thought it was a stupid idea and now i'm like addicted because i'm like i can't see what, who who submitted it but like I do want to deliver an enjoyable session for the players. So sometimes when I would have, usually I have a player sitting out, I kind of rethink, you know, what that would, you know, I want the player to, to leave the session feeling good about themselves and feeling like it was enjoyable. So I'm not going to say, you know, that, that we won't ever add a, a parent meter, but you know, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. We'll right. have to see what capacity. I that mean, comes in. yeah. Par par parents won't want to see that. Hey, uh, so let's, let's, I want to wrap up on the app real quick um, uh, before we close out a few questions. But in regards to the app, uh, let people know um, where they can where they can check it out. You know uh, where they can check out pricing process. What's the what's the how does a bill become a law world look like with Soccer Pulse? So the website is soccerpulseapp.com. Um, it's pretty simple. So a player could just download the app and play with it right now if they wanted to. You don't have to be a part of a team to use it. You would only be able to one that can – you're the only person that could see your own data. Um, from a coach's perspective, they can just start a free trial immediately. So you would just download the app off the App Store, create an account, and hit uh, create a team. Um, and then it will literally give you step-by-step -step instructions. It'll say, this is a join ID, send this to your players. They join your team. And then you add your training sessions. Um, you can send reminders for wellness. Um, if you ultimately want to sign up, then we offer, I think it's monthly, uh, four months because that was what a lot of coaches wanted. They wanted a, something that fit their college season and high right. school season. So we do a four month one and then we do a, a yearly one. Um, I would say some of the top youth clubs in the country so uh before joining fox i was really on the girls side so i followed a lot of the girls academy uh tsj virginia um nationals out in michigan they were always competing for national championships both those both those clubs um they they use soccer pools year round so they could pay for four months but they want the kids to have it in the summer too they want them to have it in the winter um so you can shorten your subscription to fit what you need but i would say it's affordable enough that the the big players that know that, you know, this is important, they, they just pay for the year and they're like, you know, we're, we're sorted. So, um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, now really hard hitting questions to wrap us up here. Um, two little ones, sub three years of age. Uh, do, do you sleep well these days? I mean, is it, uh, are you, are you, <laughs> you self-medicating <laughs> post-practice? Like, Oh my God, here we go. Because you're, well, you're, well, you're I, number two is what? Just a couple weeks old, right? Yeah. So he's a month old uh, two days ago. But um, yeah, I. Uh, it's interesting because I was telling you before the show that uh, one, my first born, my, my daughter, she was up every hour or two. Um, whereas my son right now, he is just like, he sleeps 20 hours. So, um, I will say I have a great support staff where I am at Fox. So, um, before I joined them, I said, 
Adam, Adam is my boss. I said, Adam, I, my son is going to be born mid November <laughs> NCFC. I have the, I know we said we had the, I have the U 10s, but I have the U 15s and the U 14s. I said, that is right around the NCFC showcase. I know you plan to go to that. I'm telling you right now, I am not going to that event because <laughs> either before or after I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going. And he was like, that is absolutely fine. We'll get it covered. Don't worry about it. And so I've actually not coached a session. I've coached, I think, maybe one session since my son's been born. I'll start back up in January. But having that support staff of of people to be like, hey, man, like take care of your family. Don't worry about it. You know, we've got you um, has been amazing because otherwise I would probably be and, run a bit ragged right now. But and And your support of Manchester United, was that because you lost a bet? Or were you heavily you know, intoxicated as a child? Were you beat as a child? I mean, is that? What, come on, man. <laughs> so, so my dad went on a business trip to Manchester, and he came back with a Manchester United shirt. I think oh, I was like geez. eight or nine. And, and back then, you know, it was really hard to watch games on TV. But it was the Vodafone was their sponsor. Sure. And um, I, still have, I still have the shirt. Um, but back then, they were also good. So we had, you know, we had World Player of the Year Cristiano Ronaldo winning the treble. Uh, now yep. we I've heard boot him. him out of we boot him out of town. So you know, I I don't know, I don't know what to what to say. <laughs> I think I think the Glazers need to sell Man United. If you've got any big profile guests on here that want to buy United, I would love the Glazers to sell the club because they well, just, all, they take money out and they don't put it in. All of all of our high profile guests right now are too busy making uh, City SC. Year one Western Conference champs, and you know we, we 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 came out of the gates swinging. I loved it. <laughs> so hey, uh, Matt, I really appreciate you jumping on here, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna stay in touch. Continue to follow the app, um, I, and, and obviously I, I'm, I'll include that and send it out to all of our listeners. But I really wish you best of luck with the next phase of the app development, of coaching, training, and most importantly your fatherhood career you are you're in the early stages um and if you want any advice don't ever listen to the show for from any me and my peers uh we're way too shithousery man so <laughs> no, it, it, it's all good thank you for having me on jb it's been great chatting with you yeah, man, no problem. I'm gonna gonna roll out here in just a second. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. You know the deal. Like, review, share, any of that stuff. It's free. Again, we're still in the holiday season. Uh, we'll take it. I appreciate you uh, supporting the show, and we will catch you next time. Oh, please.